Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Bumfrey's Occult, in which I, Geoffrey Bumfrey, will inform you of the latest episodic consequence of occult phantasmagoria that has occurred within my quotidian exciting existence, which is much more exciting than your normal existence, hence you listening to my wonderful and sometimes frightening adventures. As loyal listeners will know, Bumfrey, myself, that is I, have a hobby, one of which is rambling from picaresque vista to picaresque vista in a state of undress, with nothing but my hiking boots on and my wizardly staff. I romp, yomp, and stomp from place to place, stopping at a country pub in between locations. I sometimes run a cropper with the local constabulary due to my naked, lissom form bounding across the fields and hills, but this is an occupational hazard for the naked rambler. I had taken it upon myself to continue a peregrination round the coast of Cornwall, from Smuggler's Cove to Mousy Hole. The weather was fine, and the Bumfrey Schlong was enjoying the air, and indeed <laughs> the Bumfrey Testiculars were bouncing around on good form, loving it. It was then, with some surprise, that it came across a hospice run by Augustinian sisters. And this is where the adventure begins. As I was passing said hospice, as aforementioned, I sensed that my presence was being called to in both a physical and psychic capacity. I looked up at a window and saw a very attractive young novate sister signalling to me by revealing her large, voluptuous breasts. This, of course, is not usual behaviour for an Augustinian sister, and problems did occur as the Bumfrey Schlong became engorged Luckily, I was close to a clutch of mushrooms, and I proceeded to take matters in hand, coming to a thunderous orgasm. I mean, have you had a, ever had a wank on a mushroom in a forest? I know you have, and if you haven't, well, why not start today? Having released the Bumfrey's seminal issue and calmed matters down, I proceeded make my way to the window, where the novate had covered her breasts and had let down her hair in a Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let's say it properly, Pumphrey, Rapunzel-style fashion, allowing me to climb into her room and gain entry, as it were, to the hospice. Oh, Mr. Bonfrey, you must help. I saw you rambling there naked. She was Irish. And I signaled to you with my large, voluptuous breasts. Yes, I did notice the large, voluptuous breasts. Well, I've heard about your reputation, and I knew that'd grab you. It certainly did. 
How can I help you, sister? Sister Euphemia. Sister Euphemia, how can I help you? Well, there's been all kinds of occult bollocks going on in the hospice. And I saw you there, and I'd call you over. And I knew you'd be the man to do the job. Do explain, Sister Euphemia. Well, it's been a hospice now, and everyone coming here to die. What's been happening is, when people have been dying, well, they've been coming back. But they've not been coming back half as nice as they were when they were alive. The animated undead are being possessed by evil. Now I've had to burn a few of them, but they keep on coming, Mumphrey. So I need you to look into the cause of the occult possessions and get matters in hand, as you say. Right. That does not sound very nice. Luckily, despite only wearing boots and a rather jaunty, floppy bucket hat, I do have a number of occult matters tucked into my hiking socks, which are tucked into my hiking boots. Take me to the mortuary and show me the latest corpse and let's get to it before it becomes animated. Right, let's go down to the mortuary. We proceeded through the hospice, festooned as it was with images of saints, martyrs. I think they were Catholics, probably. Most likely. And we went down a sinister, steel-winding staircase until we came to the mortuary, in which were laid out in dignified fashion the corpses of the recently deceased of the hospice. Now then, sister, who is this venerable old chap? Laid out before me was the corpse of an old gentleman who had recently shuffled off his mortal coil. This fellow is Mr. O'Flaherty. In life, he was a butcher in Ormskirk. Excellent and unglamorous existence. One would expect that he would have little to do with the cult demonic happenings. Oh, well, you don't know. Let's just have a look at him and see what happens. And she was right. Sister Euphemia had come across this numerous times over the past few days and stood ready with a samurai sword. The old man started to shake and shudder. He sat bolt upright and started to sing. You spin me right round, baby, right round, like a record, baby, right round, round, round. You spin me right round, baby, right round. He was singing. Dead or Alive's 1980s one-hit wonder, You Spin Me Right Round, sung by transgender pioneer and eye-patched lady man, Pete Burns. She quickly dispatched him by lopping off his head with the samurai sword. It bounced twice and landed in a handy waste-paper basket. Good shot, sister! 
Well, you know, I've been practising. <laughs> Unfortunately, this was only the beginning of the matters. There were ten other corpses laid out on tables within the mortuary, and all of them simultaneously sat up and started to sing, Dead or Alive's One Hit Wonder, You Spin Me Right Round, sang by transgender pioneer Pete Burns. The chorus of voices was cacophonous, which is a good word and hard to say. Imagine all those corpses cranking out the 80s hit, you spin me right round, baby, right round. It was a devilish thing to see. As Sister Euphemia proceeded to attempt to lop off every fucker's head before they started to get aggressive, I realised there was a cause of this problem with all my occult experience. It turned out that this hospice had been the very place where Pete Burns had died, and his mystical eye patch, as worn in the video for the song that was his only hit of any substance, needed to be located and destroyed in order to let his spirit rest. In the short term, however, there were many other animated corpses that needed to be decapitated in order to stop them singing. Sister Euphemia threw me a samurai sword of my own, and we had great larks decapitating all the old cadavers and seeing if we could bounce their heads into the waste paper basket. Within a couple of minutes, we'd sorted them all out and put the corpses back on the tables. I explained to Sister Euphemia what needed to be done. We need to locate Pete Burns' eye patch. It must be here somewhere. You must have a box or storage facility where unclaimed items of the dead are kept. And sure enough, there was an archive of sorts. We located Pete Burns' eye patch. I put it within a pentagram, black candles, and all the other shite that I usually do, burnt it, and we heard the voice of Pete Burns from beyond the grave in his scouse accent whisper, Oh, thanks, lads. I couldn't be arse singing that fucking song anymore. Jesus Christ. And he was gone. Peace at last. Bonfrey had done it again, in a bizarre improvised episode, <laughs> which included lots of decapitation, big-breasted nuns. Everything had come round to its natural position. All was well in the hospice. I celebrated by taking Sister Euphemia to the Fisherman's Arms, and we both got smashed on cider and had a tremendous shag behind the bins once we'd had about ten pints each. Afterwards, she decided she didn't want to be a nun anymore, and she went off to be a witch. There you go. It takes all sorts. Swings and roundabouts. Six of one and half a dozen of the other. <laughs> Tune in next time for another, hopefully, less random episode of Bumfrey's Occult. 
Bum, 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 bum,